Cameron, the globe is heating up despite the lack of traffic. I just wanted to ask you straight up, do you prefer cold weather or hot weather? I prefer cold weather, obviously. But I say obviously, and I guess that really shouldn't be obvious, but hot weather is just it's just a pain you know what i mean it's just a pain the cold weather you can you could dress warmer you know what i mean like you could dress in a way that you can be warmer you could never dress cooler i 100 percent agree with you i think that's why we're friends i think that's why we connect so i love i love the overcast i love rain that's it that's that's me that's what I, i want i appreciate hiding my luscious rolls underneath sweatshirts (laughs) nobody will ever know the truth about my body image yeah exactly no i mean it's seriously heating up out here oh my Uh, gosh did you hear i think it's gonna be like over 100 tomorrow in san jose oh what fun i can't wait Ugh. gross you know i spent the the weekend doing a bunch of physical labor as some of you might know uh my grandma passed away and my grandma and grandpa's house was just full of a bunch of stuff. There's just a, like my grandpa, he was a really cool, tough cowboy dude. And he had a bunch of just like wood, metal tools, all this stuff in a garage sized shed in the back. And it was like half indoors, half like exterior overhang kind of a shed. And so a bunch of the family, met up to just start clearing out some of that stuff and organizing through of it through it and, and trying to find like valuables and we filled up like two truckloads of junk and hauled it off to the dump and it was exhausting dude and and just with the heat something about today being hot makes it even more exhausting even though I did all the work yesterday yeah um, yeah I'm just feeling like sunbeat dude <laughs> I get that. I get that. No, I so I I spent the weekend in San Francisco, right? It was beautiful. It was probably like a nice 60 to 65 sunny, you know. I I went on the I I went to the, to Land's End, had dinner, and it was perfect. It was perfect weather. Um you know, a little bit brisk, but not too, not cold, you know, and not like like blasting in your face hot. And then I drive down to San Jose today and I'm just like Ugh, you you there's like a you feel like lethargic you know what i mean i don't know i don't know what it is have you ever been to like um like the south or anything where um it's like really really humid no no i i i the only humid weather i've been a part of is on maui and that was i was prepared for it but still i was like yeah i'm glad i was ready you know because this is this is tough yeah the um yeah, like humid weather, um, that that gets you because because it just like sticks to you. You know what I mean? It like yeah. it like you can't get it off. Um, yeah, terrible. But anyways, it's hot. What's better than talking about the weather? It's it's not like there's a lot going on, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Gosh. Welcome to everything comes from something, episode ninety something ninety four. Probably <laughs> 95 Ladies and gentlemen This episode uh, Is titled Bye Bye Movie Theaters My name is Isaac Ransom I'm Cameron Tuttle And all the movie theaters Are closing Because mm. we're all Stuck inside 
That's so sad. Really, so like you you pitched this idea, and I was like, I got depressed um, <laughs> just thinking about it because, well, okay. So here here's the th- here's the first thing, right? The first thing about movie theaters is um, they're kind of an antiquated concept just already, um, and that's not going to make very a, a lot of people happy necessarily for me to say, um, but but it's true. I mean. Movie theaters are kind of a relic of, um, of a a pre um, suburbanized landscape, right? So, like before before um, World War Two, there was a lot of theaters, and and theaters were kind of were huge. And going to the movie theater was like an all day outing. It was like an event, you know, like you were going to the movie theater. That was like the coolest thing you probably did the like that month, you know. Um, but when, when people started to, after World War II, when people started to move out into the suburbs, um, really movie theaters, they started to kind of die and, and there had to be a reinvention of what theater going was. Um, and, and, and what came out of it was sort of smaller localized theaters, you know, maybe a couple screens, um, and they would show, you know, they would show one movie and you'd get your popcorn, you'd get your movie. And that's kind of how they recouped a lot of their money is with, with confections and, you know, you buy snacks and blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and right now we were actually seeing a similar sort of, um, death and resurgence. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but, um, uh, remember there was a bunch of headlines, maybe like, um, in 20, 2013 to like 2015, 2016, uh, maybe 2015 actually um where it was like oh the death of movie theater you know movie theaters are dying blah 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 um and that mm. was like r- really part uh, part due to Netflix the rise in Netflix and um just just cuz people weren't weren't like going out to movie theaters all that often um especially because of streaming i think um but what happened after um it was really one was the resurgence of kind of the Marvel movies uh, that like carried the the sales of movie theaters, um, and Marvel and Star Wars were kind of like the like huge tentpole releases, um, and those obviously happened every year um, since tw- since basically 2012, but really picking up in 2015. Um, and also, what happened is movie theaters started selling alcohol. Which was like one a great idea for them, um, but two like like it really I think it really helped, uh, and you started to see this business model of it was like the Alamo Draft House model. Have you been to the Alamo Draft House, Isaac? No, I've been meaning to go with you. I just I you know pro I don't know if it's even going to be open after this. Yeah, I hope it is. Um, but obviously it's it's all up in the air as we'll talk about. But um, the, there the, are a couple movie theaters. Uh, in San Jose that provide a similar service, I think, to what you're saying. Maybe they're not as movie-centric focused, but they are, like, into that, you know, get a drink, get a meal with your movie-watching experience setup, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, the Draft House, um, what, what they did was they had basically a full bar and restaurant, um, and you could go in, it was, you know, it was a normal normal bar you could get food at the bar you could get drinks blah blah blah, whatever um but they also had in movie uh dining so you could you would go you would sit in your seat um they'd 
a server would come at, come around, you know, once throughout the movie, basically, um, and you would write your order. I mean, I guess probably twice um, uh, throughout the movie, depending on how long it is. Um, and you'd write your order on a little piece of paper, and they'd take it and they'd bring you your food or your drink or whatever. Um, and it was great. It was like honestly, it was it was some of the best movie experiences I've ever had. Was because um, one, they're really really strict about like. Uh, people talking and people being on their phone and stuff and and they have like a really they have a, a funny um like little intro uh to the to like the movie you know how like before the trailers they'll have like don't talk or text on your phone blah 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 and it's like that that peanut m&m t- telling you or whatever yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah the draft house does does really funny ones where they'll edit um they'll edit old um, movies, like old B movies, and it'll be like, um, don't talk or text, or uh, the swamp thing will kill you, or something. You know, they'll do like that. Uh, And it it was just like really charming um, and a lot of fun. Um, And and so, yeah, those were really, I I think that's kind of where theaters started going in that direction. Um, Like AMC, obviously, all of their theaters basically started to have a full service bar. Um, yep. which is like, that's, that's kind of great. That's kind of what you want, you know? Um, like, I don't know. I think that was a, that was a great opportunity for, for theaters to kind of recoup their cost and to, um, to make it a, a more or less sustainable business model in a time where there was, there was definitely a lot of market uncertainty for theaters before this all happened. Um, you know, like, especially because of streaming, especially because basically people didn't go to the theaters um, all that often. Like, I don't know how many, how many times did you go to the theaters, Isaac, last year? Last year in total? Mm, Probably not too often. I'd probably say I'd go once every two months. Yeah. So like, so like maybe you went five or six times during the year. I pro I, I want to say more, but that's probably accurate. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I would say that's that's probably above average for most people. Um, I think most people only go to the theaters four times a year, maybe. Yeah. Um, and especially because most people have families and most people are, you know, they're paying for popcorn for four people and the tickets for four people and blah 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 you know and and that kind of racks up uh, and you got to choose a movie obviously that that is um that everybody wants to watch and blah, blah blah yeah um you know and so so already it was kind of a um not so often activity i guess um i mean for me i saw i think 20 something movies last year in theaters, um, I don't know. Juzo could could fact check me on that, but um, but I'd say I'm I'm probably well above average, and Juzo is like in the top point one percent of of people probably who see movies. Um, and so like, I don't know. You think about that. I mean, obviously they were seeing a return. Um, they were they were seeing box the box office numbers. Obviously, reflect something about. Uh, about the theater experience i mean there were several movies last year that um that did over um you know over a couple hundred billion a couple hundred million in sales i think only one did a billion in sales if i'm not mistaken 
Oh, no, no. It might have been two. Two theaters did, or two movies did a billion in sales, I think. Um, so, you know, so that's that's pretty good. That's that's actually, like, um, it's really good for those sort of huge tentpole um, experiences. But the rest of the year, you know, they're kind of, kind of hit and miss rates with people. Um, so, but, I mean, what I... W- what I find so frustrating is um, obviously there were challenges beforehand, but they, you know, the market was kind of adapting to it. There were people who were, um, you know, seeing the sort of industry trends and changing to them. And then this, you know, this pandemic happened obviously, and that kind of got flipped on its head. And what we're seeing now I don't know if you saw this, Isaac, but AMC said that they were not going to play Universal Studios movies anymore in theaters. Oh, no, I did um, not. I did not hear about this. And do you know why? No. So theaters would do this. Um, theaters would do this thing where if a movie came out to um, a direct day and date digital, um, they lots of theater chains like the big chains would not show that movie um in theaters it had it had to have a waiting period um before it went to uh to digital or to dvd release right so that's why i know where this is going yeah so so that's why um something a movie like mandy which i loved uh came out in 2018 i think um it was basically only shown in a handful of theaters because it went to Amazon first. Um, yeah. And so, so you know, AMC didn't show it. You know, uh, Cinemark didn't show it. The Alamo Drafthouse showed it for, I think, two days. Um, but, you know, basically everywhere, uh, everyone, you know, said, sorry, you know, you're you're a digital movie nowadays. And as well, the, the Oscars... Um, they didn't accept digital movie or they, yeah, they didn't accept digital movies, uh, to the Oscars. Um, so, you know, Netflix movies and whatnot. And there was, there's kind of the big internal conflict where, you know, uh, Spielberg said, basically these aren't movies. These are, this is like TV, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so, yeah, so there, there have been some, uh, there's been some industry pushback, um, and a lot of it is sort of this protectionist push pushback to keep the new movies in theaters, basically. Um, and so what happened when, uh, you know, in uh, in March when all the theaters had to close, while well, Trolls World Tour uh, was a movie that decided, no, we're not going to show in theaters, obviously, because we can't, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to re- wait to release. We're going to release um straight you know you can buy it on you know multiple you could buy it on amazon you could buy it on comcast or whatever you know it's going to be 20 bucks for the two-day rental license basically um and that was kind of the first real experiment in um having a high profile i mean it's a kid's movie obviously but you know it's still a it was still a big uh, big ish release um and and they decided, you know, they decided, well, this is this is basically this is a better yeah, right now you can rent it um for nineteen ninety nine on Prime. So you know, so they were like, Well, you know, that's obviously expensive for a digital movie. 
Um, and maybe people won't return on that, but, but they wanted to, I think they wanted to see the data from this. Um, but since Trolls World Tour was a universal produced movie, um, AMC uh, said that they were going to blacklist Universal. Um, and so, you know, for the foreseeable future, I mean, I'm sure they're going to re- re- reverse this decision, but for the foreseeable future, Universal Studios pictures will not be shown at AMC theaters. Um, yeah, I, d- I, d- I doubt that that ban will probably hold its relevance because Universal does push some large films to the point where if, if theaters are actually trying to hang on to life, they're probably just going to have to embrace whatever they can in order to like, like they're going to have to shift their focus is kind of what I'm saying. And they've already, and some have already done it like Alamo draft house, right? You look at a theater like that. They are trying to have you buy into an experience, uh, like a date night or a, you know, like a, a classy experience or a night with the guys or a night with the girls, right? Like they're trying to have you buy into that thing that you can do on a night where you want to go do something. Right. And so theaters that play into that, right. Are going to survive. It doesn't really matter what they're going to show. You know, it's, it matters. Like, do they have something that's kind of compelling to facilitate that environment that people want to go visit or people want to go watch? I honestly wouldn't even be surprised if some of these theaters shift into restaurants where the movie is almost like kind of a minimal backdrop. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, that would be terrible, but I'm, I, I'm kind of, I, I don't know. I think a lot of theaters probably will start to do the more like you can order food in the theater. Um, I don't know how much, they're going to like shift to restaurants. Um, cause I'm not, I'm just not sure that they're set up for that. But, but I mean, I think, I think the box office is going to take a major hit for that foreseeable future. I mean, probably until the next, um, uh, till the next blockbuster season, like next summer, basically. I mean, w- we were looking before this, we were looking at the, um, calendar, the release calendar for the rest of the year. And, it's just looking awful. It's looking really bad. Um, so the the next uh, big release is a movie called Unhinged in July. Um, so it's the 1st of July. Um, then there's another one called The Outpost in uh, on July 2nd. And then the next one is Tenet on July 17th and Mulan on July 24th. So basically, I mean, July, there's going to be uh what is that seven movies total seven movies for the blockbuster season like july june and july are like the premier blockbuster season right um there's going to be seven movies like that's that's almost unfathomable to me i uh, guess what i'm curious about is tenet is christopher nolan's film right yeah i'm surprised it's coming out in July, but at the same time, I feel like it's going to be like the winner of the summer. Do you think, how, how long do you think it will be in theaters until it reaches some sort of digital form? Well, I mean, that's, that's really the question. I'm, I wouldn't be all that surprised if Tenet got delayed. Um, they haven't said anything and obviously they put out a trailer, um, a couple of days ago, maybe last week. Um, so 
I mean, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be terribly surprised if um you know, it would make sense that they would stick to their date. They would stick to July 17th. Obviously, it's cutting it kind of close, but I think I mean, I think they're having you know, <laughs> they're having board meetings currently as we speak of like, well, okay, what would be the yes conditions of us pushing this movie, you know? And so like I don't know. I'm 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 curious to see what happens. Obviously, I think I think Tenet is probably well, I don't know. It's hard to say because w- will people be thirsty to go back to theaters? Um some people will, obviously. I'm going to see Tenet, <laughs> of course. Um potentially day 1, maybe, I don't know. Um but Will people be scared away from going to theaters? Will will the proximity issue, you know, be an issue? Obviously, they're they're probably theaters are probably only going to sell half, um, half booked theaters, so you know that's obviously going to going to really hurt their numbers. Um, but I mean, at the same time, like. There's nothing else. It's just a dry spell. You know, there's there there hasn't been a single huge release this in 2020. I think The Invisible Man was probably the biggest box office draw, but um basically there's been nothing. And yeah. I, and I'm just curious to see if people are going to going to have an appetite for it or if people are going to stay away from the theaters. There's something to be said sort of in a game theory perspective about being like a mega movie at a time where there's no other movie at all. And also Cameron and I are from California where the lockdown seems to be persistent. I mean, I've heard ideas thrown around in LA about like having the lockdown continue for another three months, maybe with some minor restrictions lifting. Whereas some some states like Arizona, I actually know someone that went to visit like they're allowing you to just walk into stores and sit down and, and order stuff and eat. Yeah. Like this yeah. is so, so you got to understand like we're coming from a perspective where the lockdown seems to want to stick around. Right. And at the same time, right. Some States have already seemed to move on. Also like there might be an international side of like, well, releasing it at all like some places are open, some places are closed. We might as well just try to hit all the places that are already comfortable and past the COVID pandemic. Uh, even that alone is is debatable, and we're not trying to get into that. But you know, it's it's definitely curious to think. We do come from a perspective where the lockdown seems to be something that may continue a lot longer too. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm just curious. I'm curious to see. I think people, I, I think theaters are obviously being drastically affected. Um, I'm not, I'm not quite sure uh, the status now, but I know AMC was really in trouble for a while. Um, they, they took a huge um, uh, credit score uh, drop basically because they, 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 um, I think it was, there was something about their debt um, and they couldn't pay back a certain amount of it. Um, and so they took a, a huge hit to their credit score. Um, I think they were in talks about bankruptcy. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, they are, they're like really struggling to stay afloat. Um, 
obviously the question then is, well, you know, who obviously AMC is a, is a big brand, right? You know, so it's not going to, it's not like going to go away forever. Someone's probably going to pick them up if they do go into bankruptcy. Um, you know, they're obviously going to have to restructure and a lot of them will close, but you know, like there are, (laughs) it's not just AMC that I'm worried about, you know, I'm worried about the Grand Lake Theater in Oakland, you know, which has been operating for almost a hundred years at this point. Uh, I think maybe like 78 years or something. Um, and is, you know, a, a local staple and a great, you know, a great, great theater, but you know, is, (laughs) is suffering from this, you know, they, they obviously are not open. So, so I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious to, to see what kind of ripple effects this has. And let's say you're in, you know, you're somewhere in Arizona, you know, you're somewhere in a place where you can go back to the theaters. Um, That's great, but maybe you only have one theater in town, you know, maybe you only have like one AMC or one Cinemark or whatever. And, you know, then it, it goes bust because nobody has been going for two months and then what, you know, then you're stuck. You don't have, like, we're privileged in, in San Francisco. I'm privileged in San Francisco because there's there's a million theaters. You know, I could choose whatever theater I want, basically. Um, but a lot of people don't have that. You know, a lot of people are, are stuck with sort of their one local chain. Um, and so, like, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to... Obviously... Uh, obviously the there the the big um the big companies are um they're weighing their pros and cons of course um they're saying okay well do we release digitally or do we stick with sort of the older theater model um and i think they're <laughs> they're probably waiting for the data you know what i mean they're probably waiting to see um okay, so, you know, Trolls World World Tour came out, how much, like, what was the percentage of people who, you know, expressed interest in that movie beforehand and then who bought it on, you know, who, who bought it uh, digitally? And then how does that, how does that reflect, um, how does it reflect in, um, in our sales numbers, you know? So, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think, I think what's curious is that you can see some of the studios releasing these like little pecker films, right? Uh, I know I was watching a Penguins video, you know, the guy Charlie on YouTube that has like a black beard and black hair and he kind of comments on YouTube culture and what's going on. He was talking about how every single YouTuber was reviewing Scoobs, like the Scooby-Doo animated (laughs) film. And he just thought it was hilarious because some of these people are like actually accredited film critics or whatever they they usually stick to the art films but there's it's so devoid of content currently that they've all jumped on the scooby-doo wagon right yeah and I mean, what else is there yeah there's there's literally nothing and so i think even when you're saying they're waiting for the data is the data even can, can it actually convey action or is there a correlation to what consumers want granted everybody's stuck inside i think this event has pushed a lot of producers, uh, you know, pr- production companies to decide, like, m- 
is now the time that the old model is going to be abandoned, despite the comments that the old model was going to be abandoned, you know, five, six, seven years ago when streaming was becoming prevalent, right? That that decision has basically been pushed to the forefront because of the pandemic. And now you're hearing interesting things like, you know, the Snyder Cut with Justice League. They're resurrecting these old films that have a cult following, whether or not they're good, right? And they're talking about creating some digital HBO event, revamping old, like, like this is legit recycled content. And they've decided that they're going to push this marketing train with it and release an extended, like, fan edit with the original director. If you don't know, Zack Snyder was set to direct uh, Justice League, but tragically, I think his daughter passed away. Is that right? Um, yeah, it was either his daughter or his son. I'm not sure, actually. Yeah, one of his kids passed away, and so he had to step down. Josh Whedon took over, and there's like this strange mix of tonal uh, presentation, I guess you could say, because it's like Josh Whedon was like, I'm going to make it like the Avengers, and Zack Snyder notoriously is like, everything is dark and serious, right? That's what he did in Batman v Superman. So a lot of fans of DC have said, we want to see the, the Zack Snyder cut. He has openly come out and said that the film used 20% of what he wanted it to use, and the villain wasn't even the villain that he wanted it to be. And so the movie has been regranted $30 million in budget. And they are making it a direct to HBO. I don't know if it's a miniseries or, but it's supposed to be like a four hour cut. Like it's, it's like way different. Like they're doing Jeez. full voiceover and CGI rework. So I am, I'm curious, but it's just interesting to see how a production company has chosen to basically attempt to reinvent the wheel or, or what is a movie right by recycling content it's just strange it's very strange yeah no it's it is weird i mean i don't know that to me seems more of a product of um i guess like internet culture and and sort of like studios responding in a weird sure, way sure. to 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 like um it's almost like mob pressure in a weird way you know not in the way that we usually think about it but but it kind of is um in that like it's it's basically yeah it's basically um a bunch of people on twitter saying things and then and then a studio responds in that way um which i always do find a bit weird like the sort of like internet pressure online pressure kind of thing because uh, it does actually have a certain effect when when you really think about it it's like probably well i don't know a hundred people, two hundred people. Um, like, how many people do you know, Isaac, who actually care about the remake, about the re-release of of Justice League? Like, no one. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah, I know. I, I don't care saying. about that. You know, like nobody cares about that. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't know. At the same, I guess the hashtag was trending, so so they saw some sort of a. Um. Yeah, I guess they saw some sort of a uh, a reason to do this, but but I don't know. So, so from weird. what I've heard, there was some actors uh, who are part of the Justice League project. I don't know if it was was it Jason Momoa or whatever. 
Um, but some of them were getting on to the, you know, release this Snyder Cut hype. Yeah. And I'm sure that speaks to their audience. The other thing I want to say is that a lot of companies have kind of their ear to the wall right now. They're really trying to yeah, hear yeah. what people want and and where they're coming from so that they can meet a need because times are so different, right? I mean, just look how fast these these uh these businesses that were like so against DoorDash or any any sort of delivery service have jumped into that very quickly, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you can see that a lot of these companies are just trying to tread water and stay alive. What I find interesting is is the ones that kind of break the mold. Those are the ones that I find like the most the most peculiar to watch. I mean. There, there's a restaurant local to the area called Akis that's like a Tex-Mex restaurant, and they will not deliver. I, I, I mean, maybe I've missed it. Maybe it's Grubhub. I don't use that garbage. All right? <laughs> I'm, I only use DoorDash. Um, but they, they will not deliver, but they do like walk-in orders and phone orders. I, do, I still do not think they deliver at all, but you have to go to the store, and that place is packed every time I go there. Mm. Like, it is like... People still go there. And so it's interesting to see some of these companies making like decisions that are against the grain. And, and when we saw Tenet, right, maybe this is a move on whoever's behind Christopher Nolan. What, who is it? Christopher Nolan's films? Yeah. What no, no, no. Who's behind it? The production company? Oh, well, he has his own. It's called Syncope, but Warner Brothers is, uh, is has a distributing rights. So, yeah, I mean, like the decision to be like, no, we're sticking to July. I wonder if that's calculated or just undecided, right? Like what you were saying, maybe they don't know yet, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I I, I don't know. It's kind of, on one hand, I'm kind of um, lamenting the the sort of, what we're talking about as the, the quote-unquote death of theaters or blah, 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 you know, whatever else. Um but at the same time, I think there did. I think there needed to be some reinvention. Um, and I'm not saying that that theater should go away. Um, I love the. I love going to the theaters. I really do. Like, I. I think I used to not as much. Um, I used to kind of be um, lukewarm about it, you know. Um, especially because. There was a time, and I I don't know if you had the same experience that I did, but there was a time where theater etiquette was just like, it was just absolutely terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was it was probably the intersection between when smartphones really began growing in popularity and um, when I guess like yeah I I mean I guess that's probably. It and maybe when when theaters kind of were starting to, starting to decline, um, and and the, the people's people's etiquette was just just horrifying. People would be texting or you know looking on their phone the whole time, and you're like, oh my gosh. And and I think that's happening less and less. I guess in my experience, um, to, to be honest, who who knows? But um, but but I don't know. Did did you ever have? just like awful experiences in the theater yeah i can remember there was a time kind of towards the end of high school maybe even earlier i guess middle school era for me when like there was one experience where there was a child running around oh no like crazy 
and yelling and being very distracting. And I remember there was a guy who stood up and yelled at that mom, which was horrible. <laughs> but he was like, get that kid out of the theater. And the entire theater applauded <laughs> afterwards, which was just like, I, I remember just being like, okay, this is a little, I don't even know what to say, you know? Sure, yeah. And yeah, and I do remember my experience watching The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in theaters was pretty pretty atrocious. Uh, I I don't know why. I just maybe it was the movie. It was probably the movie. Yeah, no, most but, likely. But but what well what I was why I was bringing that up was because I mean I think I think that's really gotten better in my experience, and I've I've kind of found the theaters who it's always it's always like the mainstream like huge theaters that have that I have a problem with. So like I've found kind of the theaters in my area that I go to that are that you know the all the old people go to or like are the smaller chains and whatnot. Um and and yeah, so so I think I think the um I think for a lot of people they have that same sort of impression in their mind of like wow, movie theaters I like going to the movies because the sound is better and, you know, it's huge and I love the immersion and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, uh, people in the movie theaters are just terrible. You know, they, they're the worst. So why wouldn't I just stay home and watch this movie at home? I don't have to drive somewhere. I can make my own popcorn. I can sit on the couch and, you know, and my screen is fine. It's, it's not terrible. Um, you know, I've got a... 4k tv or whatever i can watch it at home um in my mind i think you miss a lot when you do that i think that's my that's not my favorite way um to watch movies do you ever do you know those people who like who like will only watch movies on their laptop i don't know like anyone who's sworn to it but i like juliana she watches everything on her laptop just because she likes hanging out in her room. That's just like the way that's like, that's her chill spot. Right. Yeah. She doesn't want to be out in the living room where her family's yelling and everything's crazy. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, that's, that's just, but that's horrifying. I get, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I get, I, I think it's just wherever, like, to be honest, it's wherever people can find a place to relax. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, course. for me, I, I don't watch movies on my, on my computer monitor, but this is the place where I hang out the most. If I watch something, it's going to be in the living room. Right. Yeah. But usually everybody's already asleep at that point. Right. It'll be my brother and I were just up late watching something. So, yeah. Now, yeah. But I, but I mean, I think, I think when you, when you, I don't know. I just don't think there's anything comparable to a, um, to a, like a really good, theater experience but you know what I, I will mean? like I, I i think you're a fan of that right like i i house sat at at a house once and the the person was like oh this is the best sound system ever like legit like this is the most amazing movie watching experience you'll ever have and it came nothing close to a theater like yeah sure the sound was fine the screen was not good right but it was like to them they're like this is my comfort place and so i mean this this kind of tails into my next thought which is like if movie theaters are going to survive right like i envision a business model that is all about food and and concessions and drinks like to the point where the admission is is free 
Like, mm. they really just want you in there to have that experience, right? Like, I even see a certain point where movies are like, I guess, you're almost in your own, like, pod. You know how, like, <laughs> people people uh, think about Abraham Lincoln watching that play, and he's in his own, like, little circular, like, viewing. <laughs> he's just in a booth. <laughs> yeah, so everybody would have their individual booths, right? You'd have a round table You'd kind of sit around and, and view uh, whatever the entertainment experience is, but it'd all be catered like for you to buy things and and drink and social and have that experience, right? And if you're going to be a movie lover, right, you can sit there quietly, right, and watch it and have a good experience. And there'd probably be different forms of booths, like a pure viewer's bo- a booth versus one that maybe is more centered around bar stools and a bigger group, right? People are going to chat. They're going to have that experience, right? So like, I don't know, like that's kind of the model that I see surviving something innovative and different, right? Not necessarily stuck to the ways of a $10 admission with, you know, $30 popcorn, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I hate that idea, um, but I think I think that's probably true. I definitely don't think uh, admission is going to be free. Um, ticket sales, the value of ticket sales is not necessarily the the um, the sale itself, but it's it's valuable to the industry as a metric um, because obviously ticket prices fluctuate right between theaters um but but the sales of tickets is actually a really good way to gauge like the success um of a of a film compared to its its box office compared to its budget you know what i mean so um yeah i mean obviously it's hypothetical right but i'm just trying to say like that's an innovative direction that i could see possible yeah i mean i'm curious to see so the one of the last i guess the last yeah uh yeah so like there were in in the early days of of cinema um there was kind of a a couple different renaissances um of going to the theaters and obviously one of them was the sound era you know so before it was um it was this the uh, silent film experience obviously and then you had an organist or you had a, a symphony or you had you know something like that um and then uh, synchronized sound came out, and and that was kind of that blew people away. It was very innovative for the time. Um, and then the next one was color. Um, in uh, well, the first color movie was I think nineteen forty three. I want to say. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't I, know. I can't remember, but I mean there was color, quote unquote, in earlier movies, um, but that doesn't count. Uh, they actually like hand painted frames for that. It it's a different thing. Um, and then um, in the fifties, what they started doing was uh, was called CinemaScope. Um, and basically, CinemaScope was a way to project um, like it was an ultra wide experience. So uh, you think about something like Lawrence of Arabia, um, which is in that like huge two point three seven to one aspect ratio. It's just like massive screen. You know, it's like so long. Um, and w- one of the things that they did originally was they had, they actually had three projectors playing simultaneously. Um, and so there were, there were three different 
uh, reels of film and it was a really expensive way to produce it and then they they started bringing in anamorphic lenses where they could shrink it onto one strip of film and then when they projected it again it would like unshrink that um you know that that film and so like there there was a bunch of ways that they got it to sort of be like um the the idea was that it was supposed to be like as massive as possible you know what i mean like it was like this is this is the biggest most like all-encompassing screen you know you can it's crazy high detailed and you know it it stretches basically from periphery to periphery you know and so like that was kind of the innovative thing that would draw people to to the theater back then as well as the different movies that they that they produced which were like huge epics historical epics and biblical epics um and so w- what i'm i guess envisioning as as sort of a theater renaissance is like i don't know captivating people on the 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 theater experience is the only one that you can get in theaters basically you know what i mean like like you can only see this in this resolution on you know on theaters or you can only see you know get the get the deepest color depth or you can only get the widest viewing angle on you know on theaters um I, and i i, I guess what's going to be hard about that is consumer technology is so good right you know so so I don't know. I, I wouldn't. Mean, I wouldn't say that's the issue. I would just say the fact that Cameron, you have a bias in your own interests, right? And to to be honest, I don't think the general public cares about that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, the consumer always prefers um, prefers uh, convenience over quality. And that's why I'm talking about like, I I know it sounds crazy, but like free admission being something where it's like we won't even charge you to come in. We just want you to buy stuff, right? And I know that's that's an issue for probably what you're talking about, like engaging the success of a movie or, you know, understanding, like, maybe these... I don't know enough about actual pricing for theaters, but these production companies require a certain fee per admission, right? I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah, they do. Maybe eventually that won't be uh, a requirement, for theaters or there's some new off spin of like a theater restaurant, like where it's almost like the, like, I guess like, I know you don't want to let go of what movie theaters are, but is the power really just falling into the hands of the consumer's wallet? Right? Like, is it, is it, does it just come down to the consumer's convenience? Right. As as the winning factor and will companies or, or theaters, you know, production companies submit to what consumers are like. I mean, to be honest, like consumers laziness, right? Where they just want to <laughs> stay. They want to stay at home. They want to, they want to see it the way they want to see it. Right. Well, I mean, like, to be honest that, but that's where, that's where they've been gearing towards. Right. That's why all these, you know, big studios are making their own, their own streaming service. You know, it's a stupid idea. It's going to create sort of a market saturation point. But at the same time, they're seeing the, they're, they're, they're reading the tea leaves. You know, they're seeing that this is the way the market is going away from the box office and towards a, a digital solution. Um, but at the same time, like 
they're leaving a lot of money on the table. You know what I mean? Like, if you just think about, you just think about sort of in the past five years, there's been, there's been a lot of movies that have surpassed a billion dollars in in box office rev, um, or gross box office gross. So, like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's huge. That's nothing to to turn your nose up at. And that and to me, that doesn't necessarily suggest um, a sea change in consumer interest. It may, maybe it means that there's there's something different as far as um, I guess, you know, maybe comp- consumers want sort of brand recognition because a lot of the the top grossing movies were Marvel movies and Star Wars movies. Um, and yeah, and that, that's probably the case, but at the same time, you know, like, like, I don't know how many people are going to want to pay $20 to watch a movie in their, in their home. You know what I mean? Like, is that, is that just as hard as a, of a sell as getting people into theaters? I, I don't have an answer for you, but I'd say there's a reason that the price is twenty dollars, right? Yeah. I mean, if that if that's the decided cost, right? Um, and and, and that twenty dollar price tag is is sort of recent, right? That's for movies that are brand new. Yeah. Watch right away, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, usually when I think about renting a movie, it's like ten, twelve, fifteen dollars, right? Maybe, maybe fifteen dollars for like UHDX, whatever quality that garbage is. I don't know, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting pricing position, and I think only time will tell the direction that some of these theaters will go. But I do appreciate your wise um, stance, I guess I would say, as far as as business goes, the approach of of production companies to lean into a diversified offering, meaning like. Yes, we are going to embrace, I guess, the the future uh, ideal way that people want to watch films. But at the same time, what's what's the what's the worst that can happen in taking a little bit of risk with these box office busters that like they really can see large return? There's going to be like one foot in streaming and one foot in that market where they're like, maybe we can strike rich. I mean. Like, you're talking about The Invisible Man. Who would have thought, right, that that movie was going to do as well as it did? And I guess with some good marketing and some sort of push. I mean, I heard a lot of people talk about that movie, and I was like... Yeah, me too. Of all films, really? Like, I, I had no interest to watch that. And a lot of good a lot of good things, too. People, people were, like, <laughs> really praising that movie. Yeah, and I mean, I heard things about, like, like kind of like these... So it doesn't always have to be the brand recognition. The brand recognition, I think, guarantees the blockbuster success. But some of these movies, like, I mean, I remember when Bloomhouse released uh, Happy Death Day, I think mm-hmm. it was. And that was like small success, but it was still success nonetheless. I mean, the budget was tiny on that movie. And they made like, I, I want to say like more than eight times return. It was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, well... Well, I mean that's that's not huge, but uh, the Invisible Man, um, 
had a seven million dollar budget, which is really small. That's a really small budget. Um, and grossed to 126 million. I can't tell if that's worldwide or, um, or domestically, but that's a that's a really big return. I mean, <laughs> you know, like that's the kind of success that a company wants on a seven million dollar movie. You know what Let I mean? Let me rephrase that. Yeah, like Happy Happy Death Day, four point eight million dollar budget. Pretty, I mean, small for a movie, I guess. And the box office was one hundred and twenty five million. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, like, that's, that's great. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's 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 kind of exactly where you want to be in sort of a a small um, a small budget film return you know but again what i'm saying is i think i think it's going to be a similarly hard sell for people to say hey i'm going to spend 20 dollars on this new movie you know that like like, i i guess i guess here's what here's what my concern is going to be what is going to make people spend 20 dollars on a movie um, when they have Netflix, when they have, you know, Amazon, when they have sort of these services that basically give you access to whatever movies you want. Um, like, I don't think it's going to be the same, the same that, you know, that got people to go to the theaters before. I think people went to the theaters a lot of times to, um, you know, maybe as a date night or maybe to, um, you know, get out of the house for a little while and and go hang out with the family and have, you know, dinner and then go to a movie or blah, blah, blah. Like, it was an activity, you know what I mean? And at this point, if we're moving to a, a streaming-only world where, you know, what is going to compel people to buy, um, to buy a new movie, a rental for a new movie? You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't seem there to me i can't can't get the picture my head is just in the spot where it's like tenant like just imagine this tenant comes out in theaters in select theaters let's say the restrictions are lifted um you're given an option you can rent it for 20 dollars in a week or you can go see it in theaters for 12 dollars a seat like honestly glenn and i will split the difference we'll pay nine dollars each and go see it a week later at home, you know? Like, really? I don't know. That, that's just you wouldn't like go kind of where. I don't know. Honestly, like, I don't know. Hmm. I would want to go, like, I would honestly like to go see it with you, but, like, Tenet is a, to me, like, that's like the uh, one of the most compelling films this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, to me, that's already has that brand recognition. Let's say it was a different movie, like, uh, I don't know why I saw this on the list, but The Empty Man. I don't know what that is, but I was just thinking <laughs> there was already a movie called The Invisible Man this year. Now there's I have no idea what this movie is, so don't quote me on it. But like uh The Empty Man. Let's say there's a trailer that interests me. No, I'm not going to the theater to watch it, but for twenty bucks between like the big thing is like twenty bucks between a couple friends that would want to watch it at home. Oh yeah. Like that's 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 gonna seal the deal, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe that that's kind of the um, the flip side in my mind where it's like it's like <laughs> it. But <laughs> I'm just thinking to like when I was a kid, you know, and we would go see a movie, you know, we saw National Treasure 2 or whatever. And if there was the option 
for us to sit at home and watch National Treasure 2. Um, and, you know, m- my my parents didn't have to go, you know, drive 20 minutes to <laughs> Saratoga or, you know, wherever else to go see a movie. And they, right, right. they didn't have to pay, you know, $15 a ticket for all of us. Like, yeah, in a heartbeat, they would do that. But at the same time, again, like... That's just looking at it in a vacuum, you know, like you're looking yeah, at I'm, it like there's no other content to see at home. And that's just not the case anymore. You know, yeah, and you, and you maybe, don't you don't go to the theaters because um, I don't know. You don't like you go to the theaters because you want to go out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you want an activity. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Whereas at, at home, you don't have to spend any money. Exactly. You could just watch, you know, this a season of Friends for the 50th times or, or whatever. You know, like like you don't there there isn't that that sort of mindset switch for me. It's like in a, in a vacuum, if there was no other way to watch movies, you know, if if every movie, you know, there was no such thing as streaming services or whatever, you know, then yes, 100% this would be a great idea stream to your home, you know, pay 20 bucks. Yeah, I'd pay 20 bucks rather than, you know, go take my whole family to to watch a movie. Sure, my TV's not not that good, but whatever, you know, it's 20 bucks. Um but at this point, what is going to make people buy a movie? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just don't buy, see you, it. When you when you, when you say buy, you mean rent as if it's admission. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's interesting when we're talking about families right I, i'm sure actually that family films eh, i would say like popular like pixar films i bet you would find huge success at that 20 dollar yeah, price probably. tag because that has the brand recognition uh, uh, l- like let's be honest i mean as a kid i i guess maybe because you're growing up in the in the internet age like watching movie trailers like i had like an interest to go watch something but at the same time, like, sometimes my parents would just take me to the theater to watch something. I had no idea what it was, mm-hmm. you know? And and that would happen on on multiple occasions, right? Yeah. I specifically remember that there was a theater up in the mountains that we would go see when we would camp, and they'd have select films that were, like, family-friendly. And <laughs> it was a limited option, but we always would go to go watch one. Right. And my dad would just choose it every year. Like, yep, this is the one we're going to go watch. And sometimes I'd be like... I don't want to watch Madagascar three. Yes. That was the one that I watched that I had nothing. I knew nothing about. I was like, what the heck? Never watch Madagascar three. As it's a matter of fact, Cameron, movie. you know, if we ever do a commentary track, I feel like Madagascar three has to be our first one. Yeah. We could do a commentary on Madagascar three. That'd be a good time. I bet. Ugh. Nevertheless, I think I'm just pretty much, I'm I just horrified. <laughs> I'm horrified about this idea. I really am. I think it's terrible. Well, Cameron, you're a movie lover. I feel like most people really don't have the same passion. <laughs> I guess that's true. But yeah, but that's what scares me. <laughs> movies well, there, are I'm, dying, Isaac. There are, are so many movies that people have not seen. And I think the saddest part about that is that if they haven't seen them already, there's probably a low chance they're going to go dig them out. That's why I'm grateful to have a friend like you that can dig them out for me. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, I don't I don't know if movies are going to die. I just think maybe the way that they are made and the intention that they're made might shift a little bit because of streaming services. 
Hmm. And and to to be frank, Cameron, there have been a lot of successful straight to streaming art films. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't you say so? Um, uh, I can't really think of any, to be honest. Like, well, what I mean, you, like what the, other, mean? the other night, I, I like I started watching The Lighthouse, which is a very weird movie. That wasn't right? straight to streaming though. That had a oh. theatrical run. I didn't realize that had a theatrical run. But what yeah, about I, like I De Niro's? What about like De Niro's film or whatever? Oh, you mean The Irishman? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a uh, an iffy example. I mean that <laughs> that doesn't really count. Um, like that movie that movie would have been made regardless. Um, and I actually I did see that in theaters also. Um. It didn't really but Cameron, help. you're already going to those weird movie theaters. Yeah, that no, are like no, no, artsy. no, I know. Um, it did. It didn't really have a theatrical run. You're right, but um, but I mean that had a, that had like a hundred something million dollar budget. Like <laughs> that's not like an art film. That's a Scorsese movie. You know, like I don't know. It's just it's different. I don't think there's a lot of like. I I guess there is there is one last concern for me. Actually, that's it's not my last concern, but it's my last concern of the podcast. My last concern is that there there actually will be a, even though, like as you said, right? Even though there's sort of a, um, uh, I guess maybe people will want to go. Maybe they'll want to go see Tenet, you know, or they'll want to stream Tenet. They'll want to stream the next Marvel movie or you know whatever. Insert brand name here. Um, where are you going to find your small movie at? You know, who is going to, who's going to do the promo promotion for that? You know, who's going to sort of g- give that push that, you know, a theatrical run gave something like, like Invisible Man, you know, or like, like the lighthouse even, um, like people didn't care about the lighthouse until, until there was sort of like this word of mouth on like, Oh, this is actually a really interesting horror film, and and people should watch it. You know, <laughs> like like there was sort of a yeah, grassroots but support. I don't of think. It. I I gotta be honest. I don't think a theatrical le- release validifies that grassroots effect. I mean, why not though? Because I think the same thing can happen but, with a streaming. But no, no, no. Movie. But what I'm no, no, no. But what I'm saying is let's say it doesn't go on Netflix. Like there are, you're right. There are a lot of movies that go on to Netflix that, that have a success, right. That have a sort of, um, they, they get this sort of wave of like, I guess like bird box was kind of like that. Right. Um, where people, a bunch of people watched that movie and cause it came straight to Netflix. Um, even though people didn't really like it, I guess I, I never watched that movie. So, I don't know, but did you I feel watch like it? Bird Box was some weird like social media experiment or something. Yeah, well, yeah, and at a certain point there was like a, but it uh, it had that grassroots effect, right? Um, but if you have to pay twenty dollars for a new movie, it's not gonna happen. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna pay twenty dollars to see a movie that from a director you've never heard of before, or from a company you've never heard of before. So like that's gonna be a bottleneck, I think. There, like, it's either you're gonna be on Netflix or you're gonna die, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I, I, I'm not sure. Like, 
I can already see IMDb or not IMDb uh, AMC streaming service pop up. They offer six movies. That's it. <laughs> Every week they change. You know, like uh, I can already see. Yeah, I can already see. I can already see a streaming service that's whole pitch is on the fact that you don't want to spend hours looking for a movie. Like they're just gonna yeah. choose a few of them for you. Actually, that's a that's a uh, a service already. What's that called? It's called Mubi, I think. Um. If it wasn't a, such a dumb name, I might check it out. But. Yeah, M-U-B-I. So, um, 30 hand-picked movies every month. 30? Yeah. No, I want like I want like four. <laughs> I got to be real with you. I want four. Like, I want something like, you literally have barely any choices because you're going to watch one of them. <laughs> uh, that, I can't believe I'd yeah, pay the- for that. Would you? I mean, I guess it would really depend. That it would really depend on like how good the selection is. You know what I mean? It would have to be like catered to what you like and know. Like, it would have to say what are your least favorite kind of movies, and I would put right away musicals. Like, I don't want to see musicals. <laughs> don't put that crap in my feed. You know. And the way that they present them would probably be like, okay, like here's a quick thing where it would be like. Art. This would be artistic and comedy, and then so, the next one would be like action, like such and such. Or here's like a drama, and then I think it'd be fun if like the fifth one was like a wild card, where it was like, this is something you never said you wanted to watch, but just go with us for a second. Hmm. Like, yeah, like maybe maybe give it a shot, Isaac. It's a musical just for you. As a matter of fact, it's La La Land, but we think you'll really like it. You know, like something that's like kind of out there right it would be like consider. it would be like um what's that uh what's that clothing subscription box that people get uh where they pick there's your, a bunch dude the, we, you know what i'm talking about though right it, it'd be like that where you have like five hand-picked movies just for you you know your curated movie list oh i hate that already <laughs> Uh, it'd probably be a joke real fast but but i think but i think actually some people would would do that right Oh yeah, like I can't tell you how many hours I've spent just looking through the list of movies and being like, I just, I just give up, you know? Like, yeah, it, honestly, it, yeah, it's sort of overwhelming in a in a certain way, you know. Well, Cameron, I think we've really covered the topic extensively. I can't believe it's been an hour of talking about movie theaters sure. going away. Um, yeah, some fun tidbits. I actually really appreciate your insight on it because there are some things I don't understand about the movie industry and. To be to be real, I think even though people might not care the same way that you do, most people do have good memories or or some sort of desire to enjoy movies in the theater. Yeah, know? I think that's the case, or at least I would hope so. I guess. Yeah, I, I would think so too. So, um, we didn't mention at the beginning of the show, which we always do, but <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS podcast, throw a couple dollars our way, get a question read on air, get an exclusive monthly episode. Cameron, should we give an update on what the heck happened to <laughs> May's episode? Uh, I don't Let's just leave it hanging. <laughs> okay. Well, usually, <laughs> yeah. Uh, something because of quarantine there's been some weird technical issues even this episode like when i was 100 percent sure that this thing was gonna work 
gave me technical issues for a half hour before we started recording because I could not like that was the weirdest thing. My sound so card weird. started giving me a lower voice than I actually had. <laughs> it was very obscure. I've never I've never experienced like even to the point where so like the sound card itself, I'd listen to it. It would sound fine in the direct monitoring. But as it ran to the computer, listening to the recording, like in audition and also through Zoom, like it was, the voice was just like, blah, 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 like really low. <laughs> kind of, I mean, honestly, it was kind of hot. Don't you it, think so, Cameron? It, it sounded like uh, when they when they're trying to keep a news source anonymous in like in like sixty minutes. <laughs> that's I'm what it, you know. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. Of course, if you support us on Patreon, you get those benefits. Uh, if you don't have a few dollars, we completely get it, especially now. Uh, telling friends and family about the show helps the show grow. Give us a rating on iTunes. All of it helps. We appreciate you guys so much. As a matter of fact, we have a question for the show from a friend, J.D. Polson. He asks, my roommate listens to Jaden Smith's rap and keeps showing me his new stuff. How do I escape this, Cameron? What is your thoughts? Um. Hmm. I would say just by noise-canceling headphones. I would say just... I, I got a couple options for you, JD. <laughs> you know, you could just tell your friend, oh my gosh, I love this music. Like, I listen to it all the time. And it'd be like that scene from The Office where Ryan is complaining about how much his favorite artist died. And then, like, Pam asks Ryan oh like what's one of his famous songs and Ryan's like oh yeah it's like this song he's just, and she's like do you know any other songs and he was like well he's really known for that one song you know? <laughs> <laughs> well yeah so you could tell your friend oh yes I love it great oh yeah I've heard, heard this song already yeah, really, yeah, yeah for sure. I've heard it or you can just completely unfriend him you should mm. never talk to him again or, or or you could just suck it up and listen to Jaden Smith like come on not a big deal yeah you know the best thing to do what i like to do is be a complete jerk about it have someone send (laughs) over their music that they prefer i'll listen to it and then i'll just tear it apart i'll be like that's terrible this is this is what i really don't like about it um you know just slowly break down you know the beat Mm. is poorly produced i would say the flow and the rhythm of the rap is is not to my own taste his vocal tone has failed uh my expectations and just go on and on. They'll never send you music ever again. What do you Especially think about you, now, now? Here's the thing. What do you think about the idea of just saying, just being really mean about it? Just being like, look, man, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to your music. And just being like really honest, you know, that, you know what? That doesn't always work. Cameron, I still play blink One Eighty Two in the car when you're in it. Yeah. So. That's, that's a good point. So I mean I get I understand your pain and, and the last option is you know just just put a hit on Jaden Smith well, you know um I disavow okay well anyways I think this is a fantastic place to end the show yeah uh, very, you say so very, Cameron yes please end um, it and uh, with that uh, we will see you all next week. Everything Comes From Something is a fully fan-funded podcast that happens because of listeners like you. And a huge shout-out to our executive producers, Darren O'Neill and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you for supporting the show. I know I've been saying that part for the last, I don't know, 20, 30 episodes, but seriously, 
You guys have been a huge blessing for making sure this podcast continues to go. Remember, if you want to support the show just like they do, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS podcast. Throw a couple dollars away. Get a couple benefits. Remember, all the benefits, if you're a Patreon, are done through Patreon. Patreon Messenger. Yes, you can just shoot us a message right there and boom. We'll see it. We'll put it on air. Um, that's that's how it works. Take advantage of those. Again, if you don't have money, totally cool. I know. I'm a broke college kid. I get it. You can just tell friends and family. Spread the word about the show. It's a little weird. It's a little quirky. It's a little different. Maybe someone, uh, some of the people or your friends will like it. And you can always give us a rating on iTunes. That seriously helps. Again, we thank you guys for all the support that you give us. We love you. And we will see you next week.